of course I've taken it out. I've taken it out of the freezer. It's in the refrigerator. It's defrosting. Got to have that turkey ready to throw into the oven. Every time at the time that a friend of mine called me like at 6 in the morning and said, hey, do you have your turkey in the oven yet? You got to put that turkey in. And I thought, we're not eating until 5, 6 o'clock in the afternoon. Why do I need the turkey? No, no, you got to have the turkey in. You got to put that turkey in and make sure it's cooked. So I got out of bed and I put the turkey in. And about 12 hours later, we had the driest, toughest bird you could ever imagine. So thanks for getting me up at 7 in the morning to cook a turkey. But all kidding aside, Thanksgiving is my favorite of all the holidays because there's nothing to do but eat, watch some football, and visit with family. There's no pressure to buy gifts and, oh, look what I got. And, oh, what is this supposed to be? You know how that is. When they open that present that you spent so much time thinking about and getting the perfect present, and then it turns out to be, oh, what's this? But enough about Thanksgiving and Christmas, because that's coming all too soon. I've got another great episode for you, and this time we're veering away from theater a little bit. And we're going to be talking to a terrific young lady who is the first African-American president of the Buffalo Urban Development Corporation. What a wonderful interview. What a terrific lady. You will learn a lot from her about what the BUDSI, that's what she calls it, BUDSI, Buffalo Urban Development Corporation, what they do and what they have planned for our glorious city. Ladies and gentlemen, Please welcome to our LTP's Off-Road, Miss Brandy Merriweather. But I want to go back and talk about you some more. <laughs> because, you know, again, as the first black woman to lead an economic development agency, and as you said, you're a child of, of the city. You, you were born, you grew up on the east side. And I know, was it your grandfather who started the Criterion? So it was my great-grandfather, um, Frank Merriweather Sr. Your great-grandfather. He started the Buffalo Criterion, which is the oldest black newspaper in Erie County. Right. And then, you know, my grandfather, Frank Merriweather Jr. continued continued it on the library on uh, Jefferson and East Utica, actually where I grew up, is named after my grandfather. And then my father is Frank Merriweather III. So, um, you know, and he's running things now with, with the paper. So it's just... You have such a history, the, the, the history in this city and history of service to the city and service to the, to the African-American community. That is what struck out to me when I was doing... And now you're down there on Perry Street. <laughs> right next to the arena, right in the heart, right in the heart of Buffalo. Now, I know you got a fashion degree, if I can mm -hmm. even bring this up, fashion technology. Yeah. I don't, where was that? From? Was that from Madai or was that from? That was, so that was actually from Buff State College. I, I went okay. to Hutch Tech High School mm -hmm. and then I went on to Buff State where I, and I, Peter, I couldn't sew to save my life. I was supposed to be a fashion design student, okay? Oh. I could not sew to save my life. So I transitioned into um, fashion merchandising and fashion technology, which really focused on more so the business aspect, running a uh, fashion show production, oh. running a retail shop, buying trend, trends and things of that nature. And then um, once I finished at, at Buff State, I went on to get my MBA from Madai College, and that's when I kind of shifted my focus more so to business and things of that nature. But it was really interesting um, when I started with the city working in the commercial corridors, I really was able to use some of that fashion tech technology <laughs> and retail background during that work and during the launch of the Queen City Pop-Up Project, which we launched in, in downtown um, in uh, 2015. Which, which we will also talk about shortly. But I just think it's, I just found it so fascinating. What draws a person, uh, I have to relate this to myself, my granddaughter, who is 15, is very much into fashion design. Mm -hmm. But she's an, were you an art, were you a designer, were you an artist, or was it just fashion in general that, that drew your attention to it? Um, it was just, it was actually, it was fashion in general. Hmm. It was the love of color and trends and innovation and just general, it was just like a general affinity. My, my grandmother, 
the late Gladys Chestnut. She passed. We lost her last year. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Thank you so much for that. She was a fashion diva and she is where I learned. She was just so glamorous and I love her <laughs> and I miss her so much because she really inspired me. She had this crazy closet. I'd never seen anything like it. <laughs> and I used to sneak in her room when I was a little kid and look at all her <laughs> things and how she put everything together and she just always had something interesting to say she was really she would have been a, a, an influencer oh if... gosh listen would have been she still was <laughs> until she left out of here until she left this earth she was an influencer i actually i have her this is her necklace oh i have her, God, her necklace on right that is now gorgeous yes isn't it it, it just, I'm telling you, I, I love my family and I love this city so much. I cannot even tell you. So, yeah, so she actually um, really inspired uh, my my love for, um, for fashion. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the thing about it is I love fashion, but as I got into it, I, I wasn't in love with the industry itself. Uh, okay. And the, I, I love like getting into economic development and being able to kind of tie some of those pieces in, in, in a way that like benefits the, the community and ben benefits the city is something I really, really love. So I know it sounds, it sounds so strange. People are like, what is your bachelor's in? I'm like, that <laughs> but I swear I, I use it. I even use it in the way that I analyze our streetscape and infrastructure projects. It's really, it's really interesting looking at things from just a design perspective. So a lot of that I've been able to use in my life here at, at BUDC. And it's just so funny. I feel like it's such a blessing to be here because I just feel like everything that I've learned and that I've done and all the little pieces that I've collected um, from this community that I love and that has you know, return so much love and so much support to me and my family, mm -hmm. I get to kind of jumble it all together. <laughs> were there other members of your family? We've talked about the influencer, but were, were there other <laughs> members of your family who were also involved in community development and, and community service and in that sort of way? Aside from obviously, obviously the criteria in the newspaper. Uh, I, I just wondering if there is a a vein of this going through the family that you almost couldn't help yourself but become a person who is uh, serving her community. Yeah, um, you know, my, my uh, as, as I said, you know, my great grandfather started the newspaper, my grandfather carried it on, you know, my, uh, my grandmother, um, Evelyn Merriweather, um, she has been, you know, she's, she's, you know, basically a, a woman CEO, right? She, you know, she picked up after my grandfather passed in, in 95, you know, she picked up and kind of carried the torch. My aunt Barbara Sims, you know, she was the first black um, female city court judge in Buffalo. My aunt Thyra was one of the first black women to graduate with a nursing degree from UB back in the day. Wow. So um, there's a lot of firsts. My, my family's been involved in the community. You know, my dad is just a big community act advocate, always out and about in the community and promoting black businesses and, and, and doing all kinds of things to try to bring awareness and um, share good things that are happening in the city and in the community. So yeah, I guess I would say um, I do feel like like, you know, the work that, you know, the work that I do definitely ties back to, you know, my, my family legacy. And we were kind of raised, you know, raised that way. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. so. so you get your, your, your master's in business administration from Madai and was it 2007? Yes. So how do you make a transition from that into, well, where you ended up, but what was the first step or the first move from that degree into this other level of service? So actually, it's. It, I feel like I always have a story, Peter. I got like nine <laughs> stories for every. Oh, question. I've got plenty of time. I'm gonna edit. I'm gonna edit this anyway because I have to edit out all the dumb things that I say. And so basically, you just go ahead and talk. Tell me the story. So actually, my my mother, um, my mom, 
really was one of the big people, one of the um, big influencers for me to get my MBA. She was actually in the program. Her and I were in the program together. And I think we were the first mother daughter. This is crazy. I keep talking about these first. We were the first mother daughter to go through the MBA program. She was a year ahead of me, but there was, you know, the one year of that two year program that we were, we weren't in the same cohort, but we were, you know, both in the same program. And uh, she really encouraged me to go for, you know, go for my MBA. And um, actually I had been sent, I used to be a legal secretary. So when I, when I graduated high school from Hutch Tech, um, I worked at, I worked at several law firms. My aunt had a law firm, my aunt Barbara Sims, she had a law firm. I worked there. I worked at the U.S. Attorney's Office. And then I also worked at another law firm in the Liberty Building. So that's how I, um, that's what I did through college and through grad school. Uh I was going to say, when did you have the time? Well, you were working while you were in school. Yeah, I was working while I was in school. Yeah. Yep. So that's how I kind of made made that whole situation, uh, made that whole situation work. And when I finished my master's, I was kind of just floating my resume out there. And I know, you know, the city had a really big push to try to keep kids who were from the community and who cared about Buffalo in in buffalo and um, i sent my resume over to the city of buffalo kind of you know randomly never knowing you know what was going to end up i I got a ton of calls most (laughs) most of which were from law firms but i got a call from the city of buffalo and i went in for an interview and uh, they were actually it was great because I really had a chance to talk to them about what some of my ideas were for the commercial corridors. I grew up in these corridors because I used to sell ads for my family newspaper yes. when I was like seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old. So I've been out in these commu- commercial corridors my whole life. Jefferson, Ferry, Fillmore, William, you know, just so many of those right. areas. But when you said in your, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but <laughs> when you sent in your, your application, what were you looking for? Was urban development in the back of your mind at all? Or was it, were you just sort of saying, look, I've got this business administration masters. Where do you think I can fit in? And, or or was it always, this is the road I would like to take? Well, you know, what was really, it's really interesting because looking back when I was at the time that I was in college and grad school, urban planning wasn't a big, right. You know, that wasn't kind of one of the key industries or jobs that you really heard about while you while I was in school. Right. I never even heard of it. And and I'm an old guy. So I've been around. Yeah, I feel like I, I feel like it wasn't a thing. So when people say like, oh, is that what you always want to do to do? It's like, I didn't even know what it was, you know, when I was like, never heard of it. But I knew I wanted to um, I knew I wanted to work with businesses. Um, I had a lot of ideas about like retail businesses and retail shops and things. And at the time, the city had a number of facade improvement programs okay. in the commercial corridor. Mm -hmm. And I was really interested in that. So that was something I really wanted to get involved in. Yeah, there's something where your eye for fashion and style would come in handy. Exactly. So I did a lot of work with small businesses. We had some grant programs. We worked with them on like identifying um, tools and financing and things like that for their um, for their businesses. And I really, really enjoyed that. And I had a chance to kind of be out and about in the community and going to visit, you know, shops and working with, you know, small businesses um, in the community who wanted to expand or wanted to to grow. So that was really interesting because it kind of reconnected me back to, you know, my travels as a kid. And you probably, you know, it's it's funny when I think about it now, because it's like, you know, to say like, oh, there's eight year olds out in the community in the commercial corridor selling ads. But that's me and my sister. That's what we, that's you know, what you we did. did. And all the businesses, they all knew us. And, you know, so that was great. And and we had a chance to really connect with the community in a, a meaningful way. And all those folks, when I think of all those um, small business owners, they all made such an imprint on our lives. Like they were so encouraging and just so supportive um, of us, even as little kids, not mm-hmm. knowing what we were going to do next. 
text, but just offering an encouraging word or just whatever it was. It was just so the, the, the initial position I took at the city working in those same commercial corridors that I grew up in um, and kind of merging that with my business and my fashion background was something I loved. Then I started getting into infrastructure and streetscape work. It was the first job with the Buffalo Economic Renaissance? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So now, now you're getting your feet wet and you're starting to see other things yeah. and you're going, oh, you know where my interests lie? How about this? So right. go ahead. Tell me that story. Yeah. <laughs> so I got, I got involved in that. I moved over to Buffalo Urban Renewal Agency and I was a special projects manager. And I always tease the, the my my uh, my old boss at the time because I'm like, what is a special projects manager? I'm like, what is this like any project that's deemed special? What, what? <laughs> So it basically, I mean, it basically meant I was just working on a lot of different things. So I had a chance to work in infrastructure. I had a chance to work with small businesses. I had a chance to do some um, workforce training and grant administration and loans and things of that nature. So it really kind of helped me to get involved in a lot of stuff that I wouldn't have necessarily known that I would have liked or been interested in, but I was. And all of that really prepared me for the the opportunity that I'm in right now um, with Budsey and a lot of the work that we do. Was that part of the Buffalo uh, Building Reuse Project? Yeah. So when I came over to Buffalo Urban Development in 2013, Mm -hmm. I was actually hired to be one of the, to be the implementer of the Buffalo Building Reuse Project. And at the time, this was when, you know, the whole urban planning, adaptive reuse of historic buildings and all of that stuff was really percolating. Mm -hmm. So I had a chance to work on a lot of the downtown projects that were coming online at the time. You know, the historic tax credits were a a big piece of that. Um, We had a loan program. Um, We did a lot of infrastructure and streetscape work. The idea with the Buffalo Building Reuse Project was really to look at the stock of buildings that we had. Many of them were vacant. How can we bring them online and convert them to mixed use buildings to get more people living in downtown so that you're starting to really create kind of that live work play environment um, for the city of Buffalo, which was such an amazing thing because I told you, as I said, I went to Hutch Tech High School. So I was downtown every day Mm -hmm. and being part of the transformation. And I, you know, I'd been working downtown since I think I, my first or second year of college. So, you know, I went to high school downtown. I, I mean, I've been coming downtown every day since back in the day. So, and I remember what it used to look like and what it used to be like. I mean, who would have ever thought, you know, cars sharing Main Street would have really happened or, you know, we'd have a downtown grocery store that people would live in downtown. Mm -hmm. Um, So being a part of that was awesome. And I launched the Queen City pop-up project. I just kind of had this idea and I was like, how can I merge some more fashion. (laughs) (laughs) How can I merge that with bringing small businesses into downtown and how can I bring more minority and women owned businesses and shops into the downtown area? And I got together with mayor Brown and he loved the idea and we worked so closely on it. I'm going to have to stop you because I really want to, I want this explained because people who don't, I mean, I read up about it. Let's just go back just a little bit. For, first of all, the, the Buffalo Building Reuse Project, was that something that where someone would identify an abandoned building or did you have a list of them? And, and then you would go in and say, what can we do with this? And then we'll go to the Buffalo pop-up because I think the Buffalo pop-up is really a cool idea. But I want to make sure we explain it. Oh, sure. The, the building reuse, how, how did that work? Basically, you identified a property and then what you did was you tried to imagine a way it could be reused either for industry or sales or, or retail or, or uh, residential. Am I, am I saying that correctly? Generally. So what we actually, what started the whole thing off, remember when HSBC was moving out Mm -hmm. and it was kind of like, we've got almost a million, an additional million square feet of office space. Yep. Yep. And it just, the number keeps growing. So it's like, okay, 
how can we repurpose these properties? What support can we provide? What are the opportunities? And really there was a big opportunity with respect to residential and bringing more residents into, into downtown. So there was a plan that was developed in partnership. It was the city of Buffalo, Budsey and the Buffalo Niagara partnership. Mm-hmm. And they put together kind of this, oh my God, amazing, like think tank of, of people. Um, they also utilized the Queen City Hub Plan, which was a nationally um, recognized urban development strategy. And they kind of mapped out a strategy. And that's what the Buffalo Building Reuse Project is. It's, an, it's a strategy to add residential units, bring vacant buildings back online, improve infrastructure, and to create additional opportunities for downtown to grow and to be competitive so that companies and businesses look at Buffalo and downtown Buffalo as a viable option to set up shop. So that's kind of the general gist. And except for the 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 obvious, you know, gigantic building at the foot of Main Street, that, that was an obvious one. But are, is there a list of other yes. uh, or do people th- there is a list of let's go down this list and, and prioritize and see what we can Uh, what we can do with them. Yeah. So there were a number of buildings that were, um, you know, being redeveloped. There was, you know, the, um, the Phillips Lytle uh, property downtown, there was the Lafayette hotel, the, the Tishman, which is now the, you know, the, the Hilton, there was the planing mill. That was one of the projects that we provided support to. Um, I mean, so many. Mm -hmm. That's why I asked, because there are so many, how did you, did you take that list and say, okay, let's start with this first 50, you know, and, and, and prioritize them in that, in that sense. We worked with the development, um, you know, the development community on those, because, you know, some, some properties were more ready to go than others. You know, we still have, you know, several properties that, you know, still are in the, in the pipeline, um, mm-hmm. you know, for redevelopment, you know, obviously the, the, the Trico building and you've got the, you know, the a A's building, we still have several mm. Others, you know, that are yet to be um, that are that are yet to be done, but we really wanted to start to try to shift that kind of vacancy factor within within the downtown area. And we've been able to do a lot of that. We've brought, you know, a couple thousand residential units online. A lot of we've put a lot of focus on mixed mixed income residential opportunities. So the 201 Ellicott Street project that's right down there at um, Ellicott and Clinton Street. It was a yes. city owned parking lot. An RFP was issued for that, you know, to bring um, downtown growth you know, to bring a grocery store into the heart of, of downtown, you know, as an amenity, we're tr- attracting residents, you have to have amenities for them, Sure. continue that growth. Um, and then right adjacent to the Bray Miller market is the 201 Ellicott Street development where there's, you know, 200 um, workforce housing units. Um, we also did um, worked with some developers in the Larkinville area. So the AP warehouse lofts, you know, the, that's another other, you know, mixed income development. So we, we've been, you know, trying to, we've been busy. It, it's crazy. <laughs> you don't... I don't even know how, I can't imagine how you decide that. I guess that was my real gut feeling here was that, oh, there are so many and so much terrific work is being done, but you, you have to make decisions and choices and, and certain things have to be prioritized ahead of others. And it's, it, it's just an overwhelming concept. <laughs> Well, you know, with the the way that, um, you know, the development community and our community partners really, you know, really stepped up, you know, with respect to, um, you know, rehabbing projects. So we try to provide assistance, you know, to, to businesses or developers or, you know, proper, even, you know, property owners who say, hey, you know, I've got a property. Can you help steer me in the right direction? So we're not talking just financial assistance. Yeah. You're talking about other advisory. Just general assistance. Yes. Uh So some, I mean, some of some buildings we've provided, you know, loans to, or we, we may collaborate with the ECIDA, Mm -hmm. um, you know, on adaptive reuse incentives and things of that nature. We may collaborate with the city on, you know, community benefit agreements on some of those properties. We may partner with, you know, national grid or some of one of our other partners on Mm -hmm 
saying, mm-hmm. hey, we've got this project. We think it may, you know, fit within a framework for one of your programs. So we try to kind of be a conduit to help push projects forward, um, not just from the perspective of, you know, Budsy providing financial assistance, but it's just assistance in general. If Even if a project maybe doesn't fit within maybe one of our programs, we still try to bring on a partner that may have an incentive or, or a tool that may work best for their project. So Great. Okay. Now I want to talk about this Buffalo pop-up thing because I think it's such a cool idea. <laughs> and and can you first of all explain it? I, I know it was, you say it was your idea, correct? Yeah, so I can, I'm happy to talk about it. I I, I love the Queen City Papa project um, because it's just it was just something interesting and fun that we wanted to bring into the area that would really help to support you know small businesses. As I said, you know I worked growing up in a lot of the commercial corridors. And when I started in this downtown role, you know, we were really sitting around and saying, you know, how do we get more, you know, minority businesses and women-owned businesses into the, into the core of downtown? And because it's a, it's kind of a newer market, you know, it's, it's not, you know, it's a newer 24 seven market with respect to, you know, resident residential and development and all of that. So I worked with Jackie John Mayer. Hi, Jackie, if you're listening (laughs) from Buffalo place. And we started kind of kicking around some ideas. I'm like, what, what about a pop-up shop? And we kind of built a lot of metrics around it to really try to support Um, small business growth. And again, like I said, the mayor, he was just so great to work with on this. He actually really likes fashion too. That's, (laughs) that's, uh, (laughs) he does. Um, He probably doesn't, he probably doesn't talk about that. He usually looks pretty dapper. I I can say that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, um, you know, we, we worked together on this idea and really we put a framework together. We got partners involved. And when we first launched it in 2015, it was just supposed to be a pilot. It's just supposed to be an idea, a pilot that we were going to try out to see if it worked. And basically, this is the concept, Peter. Mm-hmm. The concept is that we work with a property owner who has a vacant space. We transform the space into a vibrant retail shop and we issue a request for proposals, kind of a call for retailers, mm-hmm. um, if you will, to send us a proposal of what their idea would be if they were going to have an opportunity to get this free space in the heart of downtown for three months, you know, what, what their concept would be, what What would you do with it? Right. Right. Here's this much square feet, square footage, and it's Mm -hmm. right on, let's say main street, it's a storefront, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. It's this much. Would it be, would it be a restaurant, a fast food place, a, a hair salon, a clothing store? What do you have in mind? Yeah. So, and what we try to do, um, we really are focused on retail specifically. Um, so, you know, retail, bringing shopping to, mm. here we go with the fashion thing again, <laughs> bringing shopping. I'm and, noticing a trend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, bringing retail, interesting products, products that, you know, folks are particularly for the holiday season, you know, what are some great gifts? What, what can you bring to the table that folks can't find at the mall? Ah, nice. Okay. Nice. Yep. Yep. So that's kind of the idea. And, um, we've got some amazing proposals. I mean, and I'm so happy that we kind of left it flexible because the ideas that came in from our, local business community were so incredible. I mean, some of the products and just the packaging and the the service has just been so wonderful. So we were able to attract a lot of great businesses through that program. We do on-site training with them. For example, um, we may do some on-site classes on, you know, social media, marketing, access to to finance, we started doing um, sessions on media because we would get a lot of news cameras to come. And and I remember we always would do exit interviews with, you know, each each group after after the program was over and they'd say, Brandy, the news cameras would show up to the shop and I just freeze. And so we're (laughs) like, okay, we got to get we got to get 
you know, some someone in to kind of help out with that. So we did a little bit of that. Some media savvy training. It, it, it's not easy. Yeah. They put the microphone in front of your face and then it's like. Uh, right, right. Exactly. Probably exactly. people who aren't necessarily used to getting that kind of media attention, too. Right. And you're and then, you know, some a lot of times when the media shows up, you're only you know, you, if, if you do a five minute talk, you're only going to get a snippet. So it's like you got 15 seconds. What's your 15 second pitch and what are the most important points that you want to hit? What are your sales? What are your hours? You know, what are you offering? What's really interesting, you know, about your product um, that you want to share? So that's been really interesting. And then the goal of the program is to get those small businesses that participate on, on a pop-up basis to open a brick and mortar shop. And we've had mm -hmm. several who have gone on to have their own shops um, in different areas of the city and in downtown. So um, Nia Badger from MMW Style Studio, she's in the Brisbane building. She's a fashionista. She has a um, women's clothing boutique. Kiari Macklin, she owns um, Yarmo's Muse. She's in the um, 700 block right up in the theater district oh. on Maine. And she does like vintage, she has a vintage clothing boutique. Um, the Black Bohemian, she's located on Niagara Street. She does all kind of interesting um, candles, and she's just got a really great um, array of, of products as well. Uh, Buffalo Barkery, they specialize in dog treats and all kinds of other stuff that you would <laughs> never think that dogs would have, but they do. <laughs> <laughs> They're on Allen Street. So we have um, a good, um, a, a really nice group of graduates that have come out of our program who have gone on to do really incredible things. Um, Zandra Cunningham, she did, went through our program, our first program, and she was only 14 years old. And she's selling her products naturally, nationally. I mean, she's in Wegman, she's in Target. She's been on the Today Show. She's doing wonderful, wonderful things. So shout out to uh, Zandra. Cunningham with uh, Zandra Beauty, um, just blowing up. It's it's incredible. So you offer them a, a three month rent free mm -hmm. into a place. Do uh, the place has been rehabilitated, we, or do you then work on it based on what their needs are, depending on who you decide to choose? So it's actually it's a shared space. And uh, what we do is we usually accept four to six retailers per cycle. I see. And we work with Buffalo Place. We had a chance to work with Buff State College, my alma mater, some folks from their fashion tech program. They sent some students and cool. we worked on, you know, the window displays and kind of getting the shop ready. Um, so we've worked in some really interesting spaces. We've worked in some spaces that have traditionally been a retail space. I think our most interesting space we probably worked in used to be a former bank building. <laughs> and um, I mean, and that's the, that's the fun of the pop-up. It's like, you know, you're taking a, a non-traditional space and making it to something else, you know, temporarily. So we don't do a ton of heavy re rehab. We really kind of all collaborate from a creative perspective and, and turn it, we transform it into a shop. And how often does this, does this program send out these notices are we talking is this annually or more i mean requ requests for mm -hmm. you know what what might you do with this yeah so what we the way the program has um run historically we run it two site we run two cycles a year we run a spring summer cycle and then we mm. run a holiday cycle pre you know pre covid we were went on a hiatus with the virus and the quarantine sure. we're actually gearing up and I should have an announcement, a formal announcement, probably in the next two weeks, because we're bringing back Queen City pop-up for holiday season. <laughs> we're excited about it. Very, very excited about it. Um, so I should have an uh, announcement coming out soon. But yeah, we issue um, requests for proposals twice a year, summer cycle and the and a, and a holiday cycle. And they're a little bit, each of the cycles are a little bit different. You know, the holiday one, we focus a lot more on, you know, gift items and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. The spring cycle, we usually get a lot of great like uh, boutiques and and things like that in the in the summer cycle. So, do any of the businesses they they don't stay past the three months, or do they? Some of them do. Oh, um, okay. we've had yeah, we've had several who have stayed on in the space, and that's that have stayed on in the pop up space mm -hmm. um, permanently, and or then we've had some that have you know located in other 
other place, you know, other sure. spaces on main street or throughout the city. So it's been a really interesting way to kind of help small businesses test out their concept really without a lot of the overhead and a lot of the risk, mm-hmm. you know, cause a lot of the, you know, lease agreements, you, you know, a lot of times, you know, the a property owner will want you to sign a multi-year lease sure. to go into a commercial space. If you're a startup or a newer business, or you have a, you know, you're bringing your product from one air, you know, bring you don't even product. know how successful you'll be. Exactly. And now you've got to sign up for a year or two or three. Right. This gives you a chance to test it out. And we do a lot of, and I, I also want to just shout out the Buffalo media. They really, really, really are so supportive of the pop-up program and the retailers. I mean, the re- we get so much coverage and, and publicity, which is great because it really, really helps bring people into the shop. It really helps the community to build awareness about what some of the businesses are, who some of these interesting business owners are. And they're all just so interesting. It's really been kind of like a little, it's kind of like a mini business group in a way, because some of the retailers, they then go on to do business with one another. Uh There are some businesses that have maybe gone on and had their own shop and they might carry products from a pop-up. They meet each other. They've networked (laughs) now. Yeah. Oh, that is great. Now, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this started in 2019, right? Um, It started Before you were president, you were vice president? I was, yes. um, Yes. I actually, I want to say it started right before I became vice president of Mm. here at Bud C. Um, We started the program. We launched our pilot in 2015. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, all right. Yep. We launched the pilot in 2015 and, um, you know, the community really embraced it and we've been, you know, we've made some tweaks to it and made some changes, um, to it over the years, just kind of, you know, based on, you know, feedback from the retailers or feedback from the residents in the, in the community, we've tried to really kind of modify it and, and work through, through it as we've gone along. So we've made it, you know, bigger, over time. And uh, I'm, I'm just excited to bring it back. I have to ask you another thing. Well, this is, again, this is even before you become president, you were vice president. 2020, you started something called Race for Place. Yes. Now, I read all about it. I mean, I did my research. I still don't quite get it. I guess I don't know what, are you trying to focus on attracting talent through placemaking. Yes. Uh, well, let me tell you the ones I do understand. I understand vibrant streetscapes, you know, smart cities, technologies. I understand that. What does placemaking mean? Oh, so placemaking means creating a sense of place. Placemaking is when you think of your favorite cities and where you would like to go, think of the environment that's around you. It's a placemaking is kind of an organic way that people come together. And when you're in that space, you feel like, wow, you know, I've. So it it becomes an identity, almost like Allentown is a, is a place, even though it's not really a place. So this is creating new sort of neighborhood identifiable places that you can refer to as, okay, this is Allentown and this is Buffalo Place and this is that. That's what placemaking means. Yes. Okay. All right. So anyway, this initiative, this race for place, explain, you know, the general concept of it. The race for place is kind of our second phase of our downtown development strategy. As I mentioned before, with the Buffalo Building Reuse Project, we were really focused on bringing vacant properties back online. Mm -hmm. Race for Place is saying, hey, how do we take that a step further? You know, you've got, if you've got a great apartment, that's great. But what it, what's happening outside of that apartment? What are the connections between those buildings? What is that walk like? What is that what is that outdoor space like? What is that streetscape environment like? Is the area in and around your building walkable and 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 connected? Mm-hmm. So that's really what Race for Place is about. And the other piece to Race for Place is that a lot of the feedback is driven by 
talent that has come to the area and residents. So really what we do, what we've been doing is kind of getting feedback from people to say, hey, you know, this is what attracted me to Buffalo. This is what I think is missing. This is what we'd like to see from a, um, a streetscape perspective. Hmm. So Race for Place, and I'll kind of break down where the name came from. Race for Place is, the concept is to quickly attract talent and people through creating this sense of place. And that's kind of a play on the term, the placemaking terminology. So that's kind of the overall concept of Race for Place. It's really furthering downtown development in a way that, you know, transforms. We're trying to make the outdoor environment and the streetscape environment consistent with what you see inside of your building. I see. Creating an attractive, and by attractive, I, I mean specifically it would attract people, it would attract talent. And and how how big a space are we talking about? Are we talking about just a couple of city blocks or could it be smaller or larger or is there no such thing as a identifying the size of it? So, I mean, the scope of it initially is, you know, the central business district mm -hmm. part included in the boundary also is the um, area around the heritage corridor. Um, the canal side area. Mm -hmm. Also, we're trying to also better connect the um, medical campus into the into the central business district. So we're trying to, you know, you've got kind of your heart of downtown, and then you have your east side neighborhoods, you have the medical campus, and you have the waterfront. And we're trying to kind of through streetscape and through this initiative, kind of bring everything together in a walkable and a cohesive way that really kind of attracts people and it attracts residents and it kind of really creates that sense of place and brings that additional vibrancy that I think, you know, we, you see in a lot of great cities, you know, that you're in, you know, you park your car one time and you kind of mm -hmm. walk or, you know, you may bike or whatever the case may be through that community. Um, and, and, and really it helps this was also based on a lot of feedback from, you know, downtown residents. We did some master planning for infrastructure. Um, we did a ton of focus groups through um, the Race for Place initiative. And a lot of what we heard was, I love the building I live in. I love the building that I work in. It's the outside. I would, you know, I want to spend time outdoors. I want that great park space. I, you know, want to be able to, you know, bring my my daughters and their stroller into into canal side and then i want to seamlessly transition into maybe shopping with you know some of the the pop-up retailers on main sure, street and sure. things of that nature um you know folks were interested in seeing improvements beneath some of the underpasses that we see that really kind of create barrier effects we wanted to make um, improve the connections from the east side neighborhoods to the core of, you know, to the core of downtown mm -hmm. as well. So, you know, Buffalo is a very linear north south city. The connections east and west aren't as clear. So, um, you know, that's a big part of it as well. So people want a place. Uh, near where they work and near where they live, right. where there are shops, where there are restaurants, where there is green space, where there's an attractive streetscape. Right. That pretty much sums it up. Am, am I? Yeah. Yeah. You're summing it up. Well, you're a good teacher. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, it was so interesting when we uh, originally were um, working through this concept and we were doing the focus groups, you know, we thought, you know, folks were going to come in and say, oh, you know, we want you to guys to build, you know, something like you would see on the Jetsons or, you know, just some crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember right, the Jetsons. Right. We thought they were going to want, I don't know, like, I don't know their food. Do you know what year the Jetsons was supposed to have been taking place? Wasn't it, was it 2020? It was 2000. <gasps> It was supposed to be the year 2000. I'll never forget it because I'm thinking, oh, man, how old will I be by the time I can have a flying car? Right. 2000. Okay. And that was one of those deals where you just went, 
Wh where is right. it? Right. <laughs> and meanwhile, where, where are my robot maids? And where's right, my exactly. And meanwhile, it was like, <laughs> hey, like the world's gonna shut down because of Y two K. Remember Y two K? I do. Of course, of course, right. And we all had water in our bathtubs because the water system might shut right. down and there'll be no electricity, and you won't be able to drinking water. <laughs> Exactly. We could laugh about it now, but we were all pretty scared about right. it. I just have one more. I promise you, this is really near the end. Let me let me just sort of recap. So in 2013, you came on like as a project coordinator manager. 2016, you were the vice president. April of this year, you were appointed by the board. You won the job of, of president of the Buffalo Urban Development Corporation. And now, how many other people, when you sit down and talk, yes, you're the president, but I know you have people around you. You don't have to name names. I know that Rebecca Gandor yeah. is executive vice president, but how many people, is your day all consumed with meetings with people? And, and how many? Well, that's such an interesting question because I was just having, um, I was just chatting with one of my colleagues about, you know, all of the vir the virtual meetings. I feel like, I feel like there's, since we've gone more vir virtual, it seems like mm -hmm. you're almost there are more meetings. More meeting. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I was sat talking to somebody the other day. I was like, I keep, I'm still, even though we're back in the office, I'm like, I'm still forgetting to have lunch. I'm like, remember lunch? Remember what happened to that? But, <laughs> um, but yeah. What about the good old days when you could say, I'm sorry, I can't make it because uh, you know my car is in the shop. You have to think up a very creative excuse to miss a Zoom meeting. <laughs> right, right. You know, um, you know, we've got a lot of projects happening. I know. That's why I asked how many people are helping oh, you. Oh, gosh. So my for one, I want to just shout out my team. My team is amazing. Um, Rebecca Gander, our executive <laughs> vice president, she actually just was um, announced as one of the 2021 Buffalo Business First 40 Under 40. Mm -hmm. So um, that's really really, really exciting. She's amazing. She's like this real estate development guru. Okay. She, and she's great with negotiations and, and things of that nature. She's just, <laughs> I mean, I just, she's literally my right arm and I'm so happy to kind of lead this team with along with her. And then we also have um, two other project managers that we work with. Art Hall, he runs a lot of our um, Northland Corridor programs. And then Antonio Parker is on our team. He is great. He just started with us in August. He project manages um, a lot of the downtown efforts. Um, so he's going to be involved in the pop-up project and, and he's involved in a lot of the infrastructure um, work that we do. And then also the Centennial Park redevelopment, which is, I think we're at a hundred and 13 or $115 million um, with that project right now too. So wow. that's been a, a big lift um, for our, our organization. That's the Ralph C. Wilson. Yes, yes. Uh, the, the former waterfront LaSalle park. park. Yep. LaSalle Park. Okay. I swear to God, it's the last Listen, question. I've got time. I, I booked you. I, I'm, I was so excited about this and I'm having such a blast with you. <laughs> I'm so serious. <laughs> That's very sweet of you to say. Very, very sweet. Uh, okay. Well, then I'm not sure this will be the last question, but I do have to ask you, are we going to get a lot of money with, for, from the COVID relief bill plan? Is there some, is there a lot of money coming to all of the, the cities throughout the country? So the city just adopted um, their American Rescue the American Rescue Plan, we call it the ARP. Mm -hmm. um, so Common Council, um, you know, adopted that plan. Right. Um, I believe it's around 300 million and, and you know, the COVID relief plan. So right. the city, um, that plan is actually available on the city website and you can see, you know, all the different um, organizations and initiatives that'll be supported through that, through that plan. I want to say... It was adopted in, oh, geez. I believe it was adopted in um, August, August or September of this year. 
Mm -hmm. So is this going to loosen up the strings on a lot of projects? Are we going to see, are we licking our chops to get at this because we've got this that's been waiting for some money, we've got this that's been waiting for some money, and, and is this really going to be a boon to our reconstruction, to our revitalization, to our, as they say in the latest commercial, you know, our comeback? Our, yes, <laughs> I saw that commercial the other day. Um, so, you know, I think it'll, it's definitely going to help to, um, aid in the recovery, mm -hmm. um, and to help us bounce back quicker. You know, I mean, you're a Buffalo, a Buffalo booster. So, you know, that, sure you know, we were really on a great, a great trajectory. So this is really going to help us to kind of continue that momentum. Um, one of the things I'm really encouraged by, you know, as we started to see things reopen, you see projects under construction, you see, you know, buildings being worked on, you, you're seeing projects are still being announced and things of that nature. So it's really encouraging to see. And I mean, that's what Buffalo is always about. We've always kind of been, we've always had a certain grit to us and a certain drive yes. to us. And that's just like who we are as a community. So I definitely think, you know, it's going to, it's going to help us to continue that momentum that we were, that trajectory that we were on, you know, pre pre COVID, which it's crazy that it's almost 2022. I still can't even, I still can't even believe that, but I know it. I know but, it. It's like we it's like we fell asleep and then slept for 18, 19 months. And and now all of a sudden, a whole year of our whole year and a half of our lives just sort of disappeared. Just right. sort of. I can't believe we're planning holiday already. I'm like holiday. <laughs> I'm, I've still got my sandals on and do all of your shopping. Stay tuned, folks, for our announcement regarding the holiday edition of Queen City Pop-Up and do your shopping with us, support local. Well, that brings up a good question. Where are we going to see that? Is that, are we talking about TV ads or is there going to be print, uh, Buffalo Spree? What, how, how are we, uh, where are we going to see where all these shops all are? All the above. So um, all of find, the above. Okay. Um, we have a, um, our Queen City Pop-Up Facebook page. Um, there'll be information on buffalourbandevelopment.com, which is our website. It'll be on the city of Buffalo's website, city-buffalo.com, also buffaloplace.com, which is our partner, um, our operations and marketing partner on Queen City Pop-Up. And hopefully you'll see it in on a, some TV ads and, and in our local community newspapers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, because because frankly, all those websites, people don't go to them every single day. They don't. They, but if somebody says, "Hey, the Buffalo pop-up listing is going to be on all of these websites," make sure you check it out starting November first. I'm making up a number. Then then we can say, "Okay, check out." Yeah. You know the, the various websites. We'll be doing. Um, you know, we'll do a press release and a, a media blast on it as well. Mm -hmm. So um, to kind of to kind of help uh, get the word out, and then we also have a listing a pretty robust list that we work with that we've been kind of growing over the years that we blast our information out to as well and then shout out to our community partners um folks like the, the beverly gray center our friends at buffalo place and so many others who really help us to push out the word about about the program so mm -hmm. um stay tuned um, <laughs> it, stay tuned. And if you're a small business retailer that is looking to participate in the Queen City Pop-Up Project, you can message us via our, our Facebook page, Queen City Pop-Up, or you can email me. My contact info is at buffalourbandevelopment.com. Okay. So if you'd like to get on the list to receive that request for proposals, if you're a small business owner interested in participating in the program, um, feel free to leave your contact information and we will make sure that you get um, your hands on that application when it comes out. And when it does come out, you shoot me an email and I'll put it in a podcast so that I can somehow help Get the word out. All right, I'm going to ask you the final, this seriously is the final question. If you didn't have the same trajectory, family trajectory and so on, and you're back there at fashion school, is there another road you might have taken that would not have led you to this sort of public service? Is there another interest that you sort of 
you know, oh, I wanted to be a novelist at one point, or oh, I wanted to be a musician or a designer or a dance instructor. I, this is called my off-road question. Huh. If you were to take a different road, the road less traveled, where would you have gone if you didn't end up in community development? Mm, that's such a great question. Huh. Like the road not taken, something that I might have done, but I, but I didn't. Not that you regret where you are, but here's something I might have done, but instead I ended up at, you know, at the Buffalo Urban Development Corporation. Uh, um, maybe two things. My other two passions, I love DIY. I'm like, I call myself the DIY diva. <laughs> I've always got some kind of... I'm always doing something. Um, during my my quarantine project, I like did this revamp of my my kitchen with these these two little hands here. Um, I'm always I love DIY and, and and interior design and all of that. I love that. My other, I guess, maybe dream if I was if I was to go totally as you say off road, I would hit the road and become like a uh, travel, one of those travel reviewers, you know, those people who like up all around the world and, you know, they visit different hotels and different places and different beaches and they like review them. Wow. I would be one of those people. I don't even know what they're called, but. <laughs> so you're a, you're a, a Buffalo girl, a Buffalo lover, but you, you'd like to travel more and, and write about it. Yeah. Well, the thing that's interesting that I love traveling and um, I've always been a big, a big travel person because I love to see concepts and other places that I can bring back to, um, back to Buffalo. My other thought, the other thing I might be would be a concert reviewer. I've been to Peter um, over two hundred and fifty concerts. <gasps> yes. So I can't even say that. And I'm at least a hundred years old. Oh, yeah. That's a, a big fun Brandy Merriweather fun fact. Yeah, it's, been <laughs> about, it's, it's, it's over 250 and um, I love, I love music and I love traveling to go to different concerts and different shows. I've seen, I've seen like everybody. That's amazing. And um, that's something that's always really fun and interesting. Um, and I also was in two magic shows in Las Vegas. I got picked out of the audience at random. So um, that's always a fun part of travel too. I know I'm such a random person. You'd also like to be a magician's assistant. It was a delight talking to you today as I knew it would be. Uh, I, I learned so much and it, it's been a fascinating conversation. And I hope I hope other people learn about this, too, because I think with the business you are in, the job that the Buffalo Urban Development Corporation is doing is so important. And there's nothing that makes me happier than to turn down a street in Buffalo and say, whoa, where did they, when did that happen? Right. And see something that's been renewed or popped up. Every street I turn down, it seems like I find something that that's positive, something that's going better than it was. Even even though we interrupted our comeback, the comeback is back. It's, yeah, and, and so, it's still coming. And it's, it's, and it's the, still, it's, and it's not right, over, it's right? It's not <laughs> over. And um, I think that's it to your point, um, Peter, that's the thing I, I love the most about this is being a kid who's from here, being able to put it in, leave a very, very visible, to leave visible and tangible marks on the, on the city is incredible. Absolutely. I love when my friends come in from out of town and I can point to all the different um, projects and things that are going on. And you just get to meet so many really wonderful people and, and things of that nature. And this, this role, and just, I guess my life in general, it's just such a, a hodgepodge of random collections that I've um, accumulated along the way. And it's just, I don't, it's just this mosaic. Not everybody can say this, but you have made and are making a difference. 
And even though sometimes I wish we did keep Buffalo a secret, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the day that we become the Miami of the North. <laughs> oh my goodness, Peter, it was, this was so um, great and it was such a pleasure and it's just such a wonderful way to close out the day. I'm happy to um, have been a part of the podcast today. So thank you for having me. Brandy Merriweather, thank you for being here. It's been, it's been a delight. <laughs> Take care now. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Yes, of course, I'm going to shop local. I'm going to go to one of those little pop-ups, and I'm going to shop local for Christmas this year. So look for those pop-ups. Look for the advertising that comes out, because a lot of locals can really benefit while we're waiting for the supply chain and all of those big shipping containers that are sitting out on the water waiting for truckers to bring them to Buffalo. You can shop locally and help out some of our local merchants. And also, and I hate to bring things down, but I do want to tell you that long after this interview was recorded and just this past weekend, I read that Brandy Merriweather's grandmother, who she mentions within the podcast uh, in connection with the Criterion, her dear grandmother, Evelyn Patterson Merriweather, passed away at the age of 95. So our deepest sympathies to her entire family. And now, before we go, I wanted to remind you that if you haven't seen Hand to God, at RLTP's theater at 456 Main Street. What are you waiting for? Worried about the parking? Well, don't be, because it's a few blocks down from Shays, so you don't have to fight all of that traffic down there in the heart of the theater district. There's on-street parking. There's ramp parking. It's everywhere. And it is well lit. Don't let that be what keeps you from seeing Hand to God. It is hilarious. It is exactly what we need in this day and age to lift our spirits. Hand to God, still running until December 5th. Don't miss your opportunity. Get your tickets now. Go to roadlesstraveledproductions.org and see Hand to God. So that's it for another episode of RLTP's Off-Road. I hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving as much as I will enjoy mine, and I hope you're back in a couple of weeks for another great episode of RLTP's Off-Road with me, Pete Pomisano. Mm-hmm.